Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Joining me today to discuss the female voice of Home and Away is actress Penny McNamee, who plays Tori Morgan and series producer Lucy Adario. Welcome to the official Home and Away podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It's nice. I never get to see Lucy. I'm always on set and she's always doing producery things. Chained to my desk or in yes. an edit suite. <laughs> we can have a catch up. I know. Here we go. Let's do it. Penny, how long have you been playing the incredibly accomplished, strong and admirable Dr. Tori. Oh, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wrong question. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is my fourth year, actually. So oh, it's been a long been time. Four years. Yeah, it's one of those things that feels like it's only been forever. Yesterday. And I feel like I've been in Summer Bay for so long, but also feels like my audition was only last week. Strange. How do you feel about Tori um, when you first read the character description and what enticed you to the role? It's interesting. When I first read the character description, I felt like she wasn't didn't belong in Summer Bay in a way because she was described as being a very career-focused woman. She was a doctor and she was coming into the Bay to try to run for the head of emergency department position at the hospital. And so I kind of started thinking about oh, who, who might that be like, someone that's been in Summer Bay before, and I actually really couldn't picture that kind of character that had existed here really kind of that highly educated, driven woman. And so when I was reading it, I thought, oh, it felt like I was reading a character for a a drama, for, you know, like a Grey's Anatomy type show. And so that was quite intriguing. But at the same time, reading that she had three brothers and that she was in witness protection and she had this huge backstory that was quite dark and heavy was just fascinating. And I immediately loved it. Funnily enough, I loved the name. I just was like, yeah. I love the name Tori Morgan. I remember thinking how great that name was. <laughs> suits me. As well. Yeah, I totally love that. And your other Tori. name, though, you had another name. Um, oh, yes. Tessa. Tessa. That Tessa was Lee. Your, Tessa Lee. That was my original name and then Witness Protector. Yeah. yeah. And she's Tori. been Tori ever since. I have. Yeah. So I loved it straight away. I was really excited about that audition, yes. And Scoop, this was actually my fourth time auditioning for Home and Away. Oh, really? Yes. Over 10 years I auditioned for Home and Away. What other roles did you audition um, for? So uh, it was... Bizarrely enough, it was between me and Jodie Gordon for the role of Martha. It's my generation. That, yes, it was your generation. Mm. So that was a long, long time ago. And then I auditioned for uh, Lisa Gormley's role. Bianca. And I can't work out if I auditioned for Cassie Howard's role or Bonnie Sveen's role. I feel like there might have been a change in what the audition oh. scripts were originally and then may, may have been a change. Cassie Hannah was, oh, yes, I think that. Something around that time I went for, but I don't know if that character made it. So this was my fourth time in a decade going for it. And it was your role. And it felt that. I read it and I remember every time reading the other ones, you know, Jodie Gordon's role was like, and she's this really beautiful, you know, model type. I'm like, yeah, right, I'm not going to get that one. Whereas Tori Morgan, (laughs) I read it, I went, oh, yeah, I can do that. I could play a doctor, sure, with lots of siblings, you know. (laughs) Do you remember your audition for? Oh, yes, big time. I was actually... 
It was my first big audition since having my first child. So my son, Jack, was about nine months old and it was the first time leaving him with my mum to go to something to do with work. Um, So it felt very different from going from the other ones over all the years because it was just, I was on a mission. I was like, okay, if I'm leaving my child here and I'm packing it up and doing the bottles, I need to get this roll because otherwise I'm just wasting this time. And, you know, I was on such a mission. So I packed him all up and he went to mum's and I drove in and I got a park, you know, and like I was kind of just thinking business. It's almost like emotionally I was not as um, vulnerable in a way because it was just I have to get this job done. Be efficient. Be efficient. Yes, I knew my lines and get in and get out and do a good job. That's Had the how contract printed. Here <laughs> yeah, we go. I'm totally. not messing about. Time is money. Money is time. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Well, I remember Kyle Pryor who played Nate who was in the audition with me at the time. About a year later, someone asked him about my audition and he said, oh, yeah, she kind of just like walked in like, yeah, I've got this role. (laughs) That's so funny because I didn't feel that. I didn't feel like I'd had the role at all because I'd auditioned so many times and not got them. It was more that I think I was just being an efficient mother. You're walking in, don't bore us, get to the chorus, let's go. Close up, let's do it. All right, I'm ready. (laughs) Everyone else ready? Because I am. (laughs) I was ready ready two days ago. All right. And now, Lucy, welcome back. Thank to you. The podcast. Thank you. Thank you. How important is it to have a diverse mix of female characters in the show at any point in time? Very important. I think all our char- female characters, all our characters really, are all strong in their own way. They do obviously have flaws and vulnerabilities, which I think makes for good drama. Like we wouldn't want 22 strong, flawless characters in the bay because that wouldn't wouldn't be very fun. And when developing female characters, do you decide where they sit in the mix of other female characters on the show or does it happen kind of organically? I think it's quite organic. Mm. I think obviously, you know, when we're thinking about characters, they've got, you know, different career paths, different relationship dynamics, different life experience. So I guess once that, once they do come in, we sort of bring them into the bay with that in mind and it's not until I guess we get to know them and fall in love with them as characters that you know with all the things that they bring it becomes a real sort of mixing pot of of possibility for the story team. Bit of a, a bit of an equation that yeah. keeps sort of yeah. adding on and yeah. yeah all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's going on? Brody thinks he was being followed this morning. Seriously? There was a car outside the surf club. That's where someone was watching me. Did you get a look at the driver? I couldn't make him out. All right. Has anyone else had any run-ins with any strangers recently? Anything out of the ordinary? Are you going to tell them or am I? What's going on? Okay. So I just want to preface this by pointing out that I've totally got things under control. (laughs) So nobody needs to freak out. What have you done, Mason? I've been seeing Lara. You idiot. I told him. I told him he had to end it. And And I may have mentioned that we're in witness protection. Lucy, was there anything that particularly stood out about Penny's audition that you recall? I actually loved the Morgan Day audition. We had, it was a big call and we had, I think it was Julie myself and then brought in different combinations of different people. But when Penny walked into the room, I think it must have been some, I still remember this so clearly that within about a minute of you walking in the room, probably your relaxed state, we worked out that there was a connection you your husband oh, I went to school with your with brother my brother it That's was just right. like how on earth normally it's such a stressful you know nerve-wracking room but somehow we managed to find you know six one degree of separation so I instantly just yeah I think you 
I, but we didn't know that at the time. I had no idea that he was your No, father. but we just suddenly started... So I don't know how something. it happened, but we just the suddenly started to... I think, it was, I think it was the kids yeah. you were asking about. You knew I'd had a child. Yeah. And I said, oh, how many kids have you yeah, got? And, and it was then just, asked what school they went to. Yeah. It was the school I used to go yeah. to. So it was just yeah. really bizarre. So from that moment, I think, yeah, it was a really relaxed environment. And I just loved what Penny did. It was like watching... You forgot that you were watching an audition. It was like watching the family you felt like you were part of it so it was so we had um four or five actors for each of the morgan characters come in so there were about 20 of us there on the day and each of us would get called up to go into the room to be partnered with some of the other siblings but interestingly enough i don't feel like the four of us actually did an audition together i think you the four that ended up getting it i think it was possible yeah certainly james stewart and i yes but i don't even know if i actually lined up with orpheus and Jackson. I think you might have Orpheus, but not Jackson. Maybe. So but it was yeah. funny. When I found out who got offered the roles, I thought, that's so strange. We weren't actually all in the room together at the yeah. same time oh, really? in the audition. So that's that, yeah. probably a lot of headshots being put next to it, each yeah. other. Yeah. It was actually, you, you think it's an easy process, but when you've got, say, 20 actors and you need all the different combinations, it was just, it's an exponential equation. It just... Yeah, we One had to be there. For, yeah. Well, it was tricky too because, well, particularly for Tori because you were trying to match her with a love interest as well. Yes. So she had to be matched to the three siblings and then also to the love interest, which was Kyle Pryor yeah, or Dr. Right. Nate. So yeah. I had a chemistry read with him as well, which was totally separate from the auditions yeah. with the Morgan siblings. It's an intense day. Home and away boot camp. It, it was. It we was. Were, we were there for 10 hours. It was yeah. a 10 hour audition. Yeah. Yes. Wow. It was the first, it was the, I remember it because it was the first day I was away from my son. It was so a long I remember day. Thinking, yeah. Oh my Oh my gosh, when am I ever going to see him again? Little did I know, a week later, never. <laughs> yeah, three months later. Yes, exactly. I've actually seen him yet. Four years later, <laughs> he had his fifth birthday the other day, apparently. Give him a call. Penny, when you arrived in the Bay, Tori was the only female in a family of four and they were all in witness protection with three brothers who needed a lot of love and guidance. What are the core characteristics of of Tori and how do you think of her off-screen journey? Uh, interesting. So her backstory is fairly heavy in that she'd lost her parents. Um, being They were murdered and so that's why her and her four or three brothers were put into witness protection. And I think for that reason she really became the mother hen. She had to grow up very fast and um, she became, yeah, the mother of the family really, which was a big ask for someone so young. Uh, but at the same time... Even though she was nurturing and warm and she played that role in their life, having three brothers, she had to also be one of the boys. She had to, you know, hold her own and she was <laughs> tortured in loving ways. I remember we did one scene where she was pinned down on the couch and they drew a moustache on her face with a permanent marker. <laughs> Better than a you know, brow. and she had to have a good sense of humour to deal with that and also to be able to hold her own, which I love that kind of contradiction in, in Tori that she is quite feminine she wears feminine clothes and she loves romance and she's very warm and nurturing but at the same time she's pretty quick-witted and you call know, the boys and, out yeah you can yeah. call and them when out push and comes to shove she fires oh, up and yeah she's she, take, yeah know. she can fire up and hold her own would you call her a bit of a role model for other women I hope so. I get very protective of her character. So if the story starts going into territory where I think she's not doing the right thing or she's making bad decisions or she's not particularly being a great role model for her younger siblings, I get a bit like, would she say that? I might go and speak to Lou, our poor head writer, and go, I don't know if Tori would do that. But I recognise she also has to have flaws. You know, even people who are role models do bad things sometimes and make wrong decisions. So I would like to think she is a role model I think the thing I'm most proud about being a Tori being a role model for 
women is that she's very career-focused, she's very driven in her career, but at the same time she appreciates that there's a place and a time for romance and for having children and sometimes I think as women we can be pigeonholed into, well, what are you? Are you the warm, fuzzy, you know, loving wife who cooks for your husband and, you know, looks after your kids or are you this, like, fierce career woman who holds her own in the boardroom? And I feel like I would like those two to be married. I think you can you can be both in different you know, in different hours of your day, as Lucy and I find out on a daily basis yeah. in our personal lives. <laughs> Absolutely. Who was that? The fertility clinic. I've decided not to do IVF with Robbo. Really? He wasn't in it for the right reasons. Oh, okay. At least we didn't tell anyone, so I don't have to explain it a hundred times over. Actually, Jasmine knows. What? How? I told her. So I was. Soz? Mace, this is really personal. You had no right to do that. This isn't my fault. Jasmine noticed that there was something going on with you and Robbo. She thought that you two were together. So? So I was just setting her straight. Well, what's it to her? It's none of her business. All yours, for that matter. Tori, no, you know what? You've already said enough. Penny, do you feel Tori is coping well with what life has thrown at her? I think she is coping well, but she has been through the ringer. At the moment, I think she is struggling with the idea of okay, now I'm, now I'm going to have a baby and, and things haven't gone according to plan, as most pregnancies don't really. We always think that they're going to go a certain way and obviously the complications happen. And so she has to leave uh, work earlier than she was anticipating. And I think she suddenly for the first time goes, oh, okay, I, I'm not in control of my work situation here. There's something bigger than this that's going to um, take over. And that's, that's kind of what happens when you're a mum. Suddenly you've got different priorities and they shift and you have to try to marry your work and your family and it's tricky so I think she's handling it as well as any first time mum handles it and it builds a strong female character as well doesn't it it does it's just, I just feel like it's great to see um that on television on primetime television every night seeing a woman who is a single mum really and she she really wanted children but she also wants this fantastic career and the reality of that being really difficult which it is Going behind Robbo's back has left viewers pretty divided. How did you feel about this part of the storyline? <laughs> uh, I still don't <laughs> feel entirely comfortable about it, but it was funny. When I was playing those scenes and when Jasmine, you know, found out that that had happened and Robbo was so furious, Tori was obviously defending her decision by saying, well, legally she had a right to it. She hadn't done anything illegal. And <laughs> I had a lot of crew members at the time saying that, going, ooh, I can't believe Tori done this and oh my gosh it's so scandalous and I'd always defend up she hasn't done anything illegal he signed his rights away speak to my lawyers really defensive of her but I guess to play any character to play them truthfully and to play them well you have to really empathize with them I don't think I could have done a good job of really portraying Tori's desperation to be a mother if I genuinely was being judgmental of her and critical of her um, by, you know, implanting this embryo after Robbo had asked her not to. So I really felt like she had a right to do what she did because I had to in order to play the role. Um, so I think I kind of justified it in my mind of she, as the woman going through IVF, it's incredibly painful. There is the physical pain but also the emotional pain that goes with that. There are so many procedures. It's a pretty horrific 
process. And Tori had done all of that uh, twice, the first time she miscarried, and then she had to do it all again. And she'd done all of the hard yards, and Robbo had signed away his rights and said, yes, I want this to happen. And as soon as she'd gone through all of the hard yards to get there and all these awful procedures, as soon as the final hurdle came... He changed his mind and I felt really angry on her behalf at him for doing that because she emotionally and physically had invested so much and then he decided at the last minute, no, I'm not going to. And so I understood why she went ahead with it and I um, and I sympathised with her for doing that. I guess if I was playing Robbo's character, I would have had to switch and think the other way and go, well, these, you know, this was probably not particularly moral. But yeah, as Tori, I just had to back her and go. Well, that that's that's fair, and that's and also I think she she didn't have bad intentions. She wasn't thinking I'm angry at Robbo and I'm going to do it anyway behind his back. She really genuinely thought if this baby survives and it and it, the pregnancy goes well, then Robbo will be so thrilled and I'll be able to give him this gift of a baby that he has so wanted after losing his own children. So. The fact that she was never malicious about it, it was just always in a way that was hoping for a great result for both her and Robbo. I could marry that and, and, and back her. The intentions were good. Absolutely. And I think that's why it was just such an awesome story is that you could, whilst it did divide everyone, you could totally empathise with every side. Like Absolutely. I was 100% with Tori and I understood and I think that's why because Penny committed to we just empathize so much with Tori's yearning for for that baby but also you could totally understand Robbo as well and obviously Jasmine and the betrayal she felt so I think that's why it's just been such an engaging um, story and the writers did an amazing job at not making anyone the baddie no there was no bad there was no baddie yeah. in that you know Jasmine yeah. I I sympathize with Jasmine Sam Frost and I would sit you know beside behind the set being like oh my gosh this is so sad for Jasmine oh this is so sad for Tori this is so sad for Robo <laughs> it was just you were just with them all yeah. just a tragic story in a yeah. Way, isn't it? yeah and I loved that there was yeah. there was just no bad guy it was all of them just wanting the best yeah. for everyone and it was just a mess yeah <laughs> which is why when Penny was pregnant it was like how we have to sort of, you know, see this story unfold and it's rather a story than based on hope, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you received any feedback from the home and away community about Tori's journey to motherhood so far? Oh, people love it. People love a baby. They love a happy ending. They love seeing a woman who's struggled, I think, through infertility and through heartbreak. You know, Tori had some beautiful romances. The first year she was in the Bay, she was with Dr. Nate and everyone wanted them to end happily and have babies and get married. And then it was with, yeah, and then Duncan and then Ash as well. And the, your ex. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. She's such a hussy. So she's had a <laughs> yeah. few. She's had, but she's had yeah. some serious ones and they broke her heart. Yeah. Don't, you know, Nate broke her heart. She invested for a year and then she invested a year in Ash and he left and broke her heart. So I think she never made a secret of wanting to get married and have children. She wanted that and she made it very clear. And so I think the audience just really wanted it for her and it's been lovely. I've had, oh, my gosh, like little girls and grandmas come up to me on the street and they always want to hug me it's so funny so often I hear other actors on the show say oh you know these people wanted a photo these people wanted a photo and I always say people just want to hug me like all the time and I think it's the baby thing yeah I think people just they they feel very 
almost they've done. They've been on the journey with you. They have. Yeah. They've, been on the, they've seen yeah. her heartbreak and how raw she is. And so it's quite lovely, really. Uh, speaking of motherhood, Penny, what is it like being a full-time working actress in the Australian television industry? Like, how do you manage full-time work and being a mum at home for two little ones? Oof. Listen, I won the lottery. I mean, I how many actresses in Australia work full-time as an actor? It's crazy. So... I feel incredibly blessed. I honestly feel like I won the lotto getting this job. I love it. It's also a real bonus that it's not we work we have a full-time schedule, but because there's so many characters in the show, I don't actually work a full-time schedule often. Sometimes I'll have a big week where I'll do 40 or 50 hours, but really on the whole, I probably work 30, 25 to 30 hours, which is great. It means I get time at home with my kids. I'm very lucky to have a producer in Lucy and that she's a mom and she's got younger kids too, so she's very empathetic. She understands the juggle. That being said, I'm part of a very big machine and uh, I can't call in sick and I can't go to friends' weddings and I miss really important functions that I would love to be at for my kids or my family members. But that is just one of the downsides of having the best job ever. So, yeah, there's, there's hard times and, you know, there's, there's moments where we think a scene's going to take an hour and it will take three hours because it's raining outside and so I have to suddenly be frantically calling people in my life to say, I need you to come and look after my kids or calling my husband you need to get home earlier than I thought like it is I live a stressful life because nothing is certain in our job and in my day but on the hard days I just remind myself what a great gig I have working doing what I love absolutely and you know what and I love I love to go home to my kids and I love to go to work I it's both and so I can't really ask for more than that Did you know that the uh, Home and Away podcast is an enhanced podcast, which means you can watch along and listen along all at the same time. To make it happen and give it a go, download the Acast app and subscribe now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Now, can we talk about synchronicity for a minute? Did Penny fall pregnant before Tori or was it the other way around? Well, Tori fell pregnant first. The writing team did know that I had been trying to fall pregnant, but I'd been trying to fall pregnant for two years, so they couldn't write anything around me. Um, but the month that Tori fell pregnant, I discovered I also was pregnant. So it was Ooh. pretty amazing. But I was reading things in the scripts about her falling pregnant 
knowing I was pregnant, but literally two or three weeks pregnant. So uh, uh, Lucy was one of the first people to know, actually, even before some of my extended family members, because I knew they'd have to figure out what they were going to do. I know. And we were so invested in um, Tori's pregnancy story, obviously, with Robbo and the Jasmine. It was a bit of a, a triangle of um, the, the story was incredible. And we'd invested, I think it was about a year of leading IVF up of the IVF and so we knew that once she fell pregnant that we wanted to be able to see and see it on screen but obviously with Penny being pregnant we had to be really clever in the way that we plotted it and yeah. were able to shoot it because we just didn't want Tori to be off screen and then sort of come back with a baby. So when I told Lucy that I was pregnant, I was thinking, great. So Tori, I had all these grand plans of like, so Tori's going to go to like Hawaii and go and visit Duncan for six months. She's going to go <laughs> on these great holidays. It's going to be amazing. She, and, then and I'm like, Lucy no, and I think like, no, we're going to keep you on screen. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how are we going to do that? So and how did you do yes, that? Well, question. this is the safe house. This is where mm-hmm. our safe house came in to play. It was actually really great because obviously the Robbo story was ramping up and um, he just got married and obviously found out the the bad guys were after him so he needed to protect the ones he loved so Jasmine and Tori went into the safe house so we shot those scenes and I think that was a couple of weeks that was your last week before yes. so I was filming a normal schedule and then we did what we call pick forward scenes so essentially we started filming scenes that we should have been filming in a few months time in February or yeah, whatever so, it was. So we Time jumped. capsule. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. So we, so the writers had to plot way ahead of what they usually would and we filmed uh, three or four days in the safe house. We filmed everything up to the, the birth scenes because I was – my worst fear was – Tori had to give birth, but Penny was literally nine, nine months ten pregnant. months pregnant <laughs> yeah. that she'd go into labour. So Get the party started we, a little yeah. bit earlier than expected. So I was about eight months pregnant, and we filmed all this stuff in the safe house. And then and I went on maternity leave. Um, Penny went on maternity leave for several months, and well, when I was on maternity leave at about the eight week mark, when my little one was eight weeks. I came back and did a handful of days um, where I shot like the birth scenes back in the safe house and things so that they had some more to fill in. Oh, right. So you came came back, back. back to the only yeah. a couple wow, of, okay. uh, yeah, yeah handful of days yeah. and they were so great Lucy and to give birth fantastic. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're they, film the whole thing it wasn't like in a week it was things like we'll do you know this thursday and then next wednesday and yeah then we spread it out Tuesday. as much as possible so and and i brought my baby with me and um, my husband had a couple of days off work and he came looked after the bub while i filmed those big days and then when we came when i came back after maternity leave we did what we call pick up scenes so we filmed a whole lot of scenes that you know so yeah were, were things we should have filmed back in the day so and then they kind of evenly spread out those scenes so that Tori never exactly left for months on it yeah okay. so it was perfect um to keep Tori any Tori <laughs> Tori on screen it was such a jigsaw though. yeah and Lucy and Louise did the most amazing job of looking after me and also of keeping Tori current yeah in the storyline it's a very complex jigsaw puzzle it was it was but it was absolutely worth it um and it really didn't feel like Tori had been gone that yeah, yeah disappeared so it was great now what was it like um being pregnant on set did you get a lot of support what was that whole experience <laughs> yeah, it was about? It, look it was quite hard I was pretty sick for the first few months and then physically um it's hard being on your feet all day because we stand up and we walk around a lot um but I have to say I did a lot of my scenes with James Stewart who plays Justin and also Jake Ryan who played Robbo and both of them Jake Ryan was expecting a baby around the same time and also 
Jimmy is a dad and he has a gorgeous little girl. And so Jimmy in particular was so good at things like he'd just see me standing up for too long and get me a chair or ask me, do I need a water? You know, if I needed a break, he'd kind of call the breaks for me sometimes. He was great backup just because he's been there. He's done it. He does the hard yards. And even times when I'm looking at my watch going, oh, we're running over and I need to get home, he'll almost speed up the crew a little bit and go, come on, guys, let's get this in the can. Yeah, he's got my back. Um, And I hope I do the same for him too. It's pretty great working so closely with another parent of a young child. Justin, I'm at the point of wanting to find a donor who I know. Do you know lots of people, people who aren't Robbo? No, I don't, actually. I've thought about all the people that I work with. They're either too young or too attached or too irresponsible. And you know what? Even if I did know someone, shouldn't I be keeping this separate from work? How is it going to be any less awkward with Robbo? Okay, to me, that's like the definition of complicated. I haven't figured it all out yet. What, are you going to co-parent? Or you just want Robert to be a donor and that's it? Yeah, I just want a donor. How is that going to work? Because it's going to be really difficult to avoid each other in a town of this size. You know, Robbo would just be a part of this kid's life, like it or not. Do you think it's important to you that other actresses can see that it's possible to achieve this balance of work and life? Yes, I think it's great to see people doing it and I see people doing it. I mean, even this week I've been completely stalking Rachel Griffiths online because I've just loved watching her having three teenage kids directing the highest grossing movie in Australia this year of um, Ride Like a Girl, which I loved. I know Lucy loved it too. And so seeing her and reading articles about her gives me hope and determination that I can do it. That being said, I also think it's really important to say it's not easy. I don't live an easy, stress-free life. I am. I never walk anywhere. I'm like (laughs) running from the studio to my car, running from my car to my house, running back. Like I just run everywhere because I'm late for something all the time, (laughs) and I have spew on my shoulder and I smell and. It's just, I've got to deal with that. <laughs> so, yes. yes, it's good and important to yeah. show it, but it's also good to be truthful and say, it's really hard and I'm tired all the time. <laughs> so this podcast is probably the most relaxed you've been in about four or five years. Someone got back, me a glass of know, water. Exactly. I'm sitting on a leather couch. This is no kids, life. no spew. But We're you good. watch, you'll say cut and I'm going to run, run down that corridor so fast because I'm already late for the nanny. <laughs> We're nearly there. We're nearly there. Now, uh, Lucy, is it similar for you in the series producer role? Is it important to you that other professionals in the industry see working women and mums in management positions? Absolutely. I think it's definitely a shift in the right direction. But as Penny said, we get very inspired by other working women in the media. And I think one thing's in common, it's the balance is really, really hard. I don't think anyone's completely doing it stress-free, that there's a, a sort of strive for this wonderful plateau of balance that I think I spent about eight years looking to, to find it, but now sort of realise that balance is a bit of a knife-edge sword and it's just a daily challenge just to doing your job, being a mum at home, running the house. I think it's, it's we're all in it together and I think we sort of inspire one another. Yeah. Absolutely. And I should say our head of drama, Julie McGoran, is also mum with, you know, primary school age kids as well. So for me, it's pretty awesome having kind of the heads above me, both being working mums who understand. But also at the same time, when I'm finding it tricky and I'm having those days where just the wheels are all falling off, sometimes I just have to look at the two of them and go, they've got bigger jobs than me. They're doing this bigger and tougher than me. And so I've just got to step up to the plate and do this and get through it and get home and I can cry when I get home. (laughs) 
They are. Well, honestly, Lucy inspiring. and Julie are so inspiring. I think it all the time, so honestly. Nice. But I think, yeah, we just get on with it. Um, we are like a big family. And I think when you are having a really, really bad day or, you know, there's stuff going on at home that, yeah, we just sort of empathise with each other and totally get it. And, you know, we just... We don't have to hide it, I guess, no. from each other, which yeah. is the main thing. I think... I think there used to be, I feel, uh, uh, you couldn't talk about your kids at work and you couldn't talk about how hard the juggle was. And I feel like the conversations opened up so much that, you know, I can see Lucy. I know she's my boss, but I can see her and she can say, how's your day going? I'm like, oh, it's one of those days, loose. Like, I'm just, it's a mess. And I know she's not going to think like, oh, well, you better get on set and do a good job for me. I know she empathises and know she gets it. But she also knows that I'm going to turn up and know my lines and be on time and do my job because that's what I'm paid here to do. So I think there's, you know, there's that lovely empathy um, between between us, which is pretty wonderful. And everyone is there for everyone. Yeah, that's right. Well, yes. <laughs> I feel like parents have a special bond yeah. in the workplace that sometimes I feel like I'm not particularly sympathetic when, you know, young ones are late because, oh, I just kind of slipped in. Or, you know, you kind of get a bit more like, come on. Yeah, Let me come get on. Here on time. Yeah. You've got to get here on time too. Let's go. <laughs> now, for all the fans listening at home, Please tell me that there's going to be some sort of light at the end of the tunnel for Tori, the baby Robbo, Jasmine and the Morgans. Yes. You know what? I'm throwing this to Lucy. Please, Lucy, let me live a happily ever after. Yes. I want some joy. I think think we deserve it. I do too. Yeah. Especially Tori. I may have said to Lucy in the corridor the other day, listen. She hasn't had a love interest for two years. Come on. I think Tori just needs to make out and make some jokes. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Written that one down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Write that down. Yeah. That's that's all I want Tori to do for the next year. (laughs) And laugh. Do you know what? Even my husband the other day said to me, hey, so what's happening with Tori? When are they going to bring in a hot doctor for her or something? I thought, wow, that's a confident man, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. (laughs) Babe. Yeah, very from, you, from your it's mouth to my producer's yeah. ears. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It was a really good chat and uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks. Thanks, Jace. Thank it's been you. fun. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about this awesome podcast. A big thanks to Julie McGore and Seven's head of drama, Loretta Farrell, the producer, Nikki Hamilton, the executive producer. My name is Jason Smith. Join me next time on the Home and Away podcast. This is a Seven West Media podcast.